0: Welcome to sos aka success over struggles where you'll discover ways to push through challenges plus insights from amazing professionals in different career paths and their struggle space
1: hey guys thanks again for tuning in to sos aka success over struggles and on this episode you guys know we're all about having special guests and especially those that have overcome key obstacles and push onwards towards success. So we have very amazing guests today, James Roberts. James is a two-time Paralympian. He is the host of the podcast called the Mindset Athlete Podcast. As well, James is a transformation coach for professionals. James, it's a pleasure having you, man. Oh, Chase, it's my pleasure. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. I mean, this, this episode, I know you, you know a ton about uh, resilience, And, you know, making, uh, well, I should say shaping a weakness into your greatest strength. We want to dive into that. How, uh, tell us more about how, you you know, you became an Olympian, but going back before that, uh, the challenge you faced and how that evolved.
0: If we go right back to the start, Chase, and that's an amazing question, is obviously that where does that come from for me uh, in terms of how do I make an advert? come over overcome an adversity to make it a strength uh well i was born with a disability so i think from the outset obviously people looking inward would say that's a very adverse situation to overcome i would disagree but when people do bring up that struggle of right now of living in a pandemic and these are more obviously people with disabilities you've over faced adversity for years on a day-to-day basis, you just gloss over the fact that it it, it's part of the process it's i live it and i live in 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 the now but that's very difficult in terms of it's it's more challenging than say ordinary life yes because it's you live through it it's like well it's no biggie it's it's no different but it is but I, I don't want to say, I don't, I don't seek pity in that, but it, it is something that I've, I've been very astute with it, uh, and it's probably a learned behavior from my family in terms of my grandmother or my grandparents lived through World War II, so that's the resilience in itself, and that's probably been passed down through the generations. Yes, I had a conversation with my mother uh, just this week in terms of what being told that you've got a son with a disability must have been mind-blowing and she said it was but it's not something that she's inherently passed on to me or well, let's wrap him, wrap him up in cotton will and <laughs> get, make life comfortable which a lot of people want to do for their children nowadays which i disagree with because ultimately they're put that they don't know any different so why make life easier I, I like you you probably read on the web on my website it took me long to walk so to took, took me longer to crawl sorry longer to walk eventually did it yeah and i found my way of doing it and that's worked very much i've built that into my business like the the, the adaptability the versatility the flexibility that one needs to do when they take on
1: mm-hmm. the
0: challenge of transforming their life
1: well and it it's, sounds like you you mentioned sorry that your parents playing a key role and what's nice is uh not necessarily coddling you, but showing
0: that tough love, sounds like. Is that right? Probably. Ru- I, I think my family is probably ruthless, you know, in some <laughs> ways, because uh, it was. It's a mentality of single, single swim. Yeah, I did it on a. I did it on a Facebook live just this week. Dive it, dive in head first, and embrace, embrace the struggle. Huh. Okay, I used the swimming and swimming pool analogy, but everybody can imagine diving into a swimming pool. You either can or can't do it. Okay. I'm mixed race. Most people can't swim who are black. I've overcome that adversity because that's one for, gosh, what would it be? From the age of 10 years old until I was about 18, 19 years old. That's wow. going against a stereotype. Uh, but I never saw it as um, a difficulty. But I think that mindset, Has instilled me like within a a great self belief in myself. Okay, I'm gonna face hardships, but how do I overcome it? Do I let it consume me? Which obviously we do as adults because we start to care what other people think. We actually thought very much like we did as in a child, as in our childhood, to a certain extent. We could care less. It's like okay, that's your opinion. I'll use a British term. It's a duck off a, a duck, water off a duck's back. Water off a duck's back. You, is that what you said? Yeah. Uh. I don't care what you think in terms of, and that's a very positive to a certain extent, neutral way of thinking. You take a step back. Okay. If there's nothing critical, because I can learn from what you're saying to me, it's irrelevant. It, it's it's going to go in, in through, And this is more me now. It'll go in through in, in one ear and out the other. I'll yeah. I'll listen to what you've got to say because that's how I've been brought up. But if it's not serving me, straight out the straight out the other ear and and I've and I've forgotten about it. But I, it's very much a learned behavior and a uh, nurturing one because ultimately uh obviously for my sporting career it's been very ebbs and flows. But I didn't struggle with.
1: Yeah. We'll touch on that because that's a great uh, Area you bring up in a sense of, you know, in one ear, out the other, water off a duck's back. I like that. I'm going to start using that water off a duck's back. <laughs> I've never heard of that. So it's great. Um, what I was going to say is, you know, I think that really resonates for a lot of people, especially those working on achieving certain goals, whether that be, you know, a young kid trying to get into an athletic position or become an Olympian or or those trying to get a certain job is how you zone out. And I, and, I, and I think that's something we can learn from you a lot because of, as you mentioned, some of the resilience, some of the, the trials faced in different aspects. Um, you know, the stereotype you brought up, how you were able to push through that and be like, hey, this is stupid. I'm going to show you guys that that's not true, <laughs> right? So if you don't mind telling us like about the disability because you keep saying disability, what type of disability so our listeners kind of gravitate and understand what's going on
0: okay i'm going to do my best one because obviously we're not being able to visually see it it's, it's very difficult to just to yeah describe. i use i i use the simplistic term of amputee because people can because that's become more mainstream that you can identify with. i wear a prosthetic leg or artificial leg or however you want to call it uh so i don't have my let's see if i can get this right I don't have my femur, so I don't have the top uh, bone in my thigh. Mm-hmm. I've got a small tibia and fibula, so what I sense is in, in, in the lower portion of the leg, uh, no knee. So if we go right back to what I said about my mom facing that adversity, the radiarcher said, due to the amount of bones that I'm missing, I shouldn't be able to walk. But <laughs> I've been told that. You totally disregard that that statement. And you do. And okay, I've had hardship with the pandemic and having to use crutches because of probably su- su- uh, subconscious stress. And I think everybody's facing that. It's become my, that limb has shrunk down a little bit. So I've been adaptable to the situation. I've got crutches. I'm not going to judge myself because I deem that to be a step backwards or failure. If it yeah. enables me to get out about more easily, I'm not going to be judged out in public because I'm I'm out about on crutches and I've got a prosthetic leg. Right. They're probably they're probably finding that very motivational and inspiring. Some people have even approached me, or oh, you're an inspiration," based on you do not care what people think uh, of your lamb. That doesn't even cross my mind. It's it. it I think this this was a couple. If not a month ago or two, now that that happened, mm-hmm. this lady had muscle uh, muscle wastage disease so i I would commend you more than you commend me because ultimately I would exercise irrespective of if there's anybody watching I, I i I'm gonna do it for me, but what you were able to overcome is more an achievement that you give yourself credit for because if you don't exercise, you are housebound and you get more and more. I use the term disabled, but in terms of people can resonate with this, you're not going to get out of bed if you don't do the work. Whereas for me, it's a part of me. It doesn't, it it doesn't make us me them. it doesn't make the man okay. of me with the identity, mm-hmm. but I've had exercise or sport in my DNA since I was born. So to do exercise I think I find more enjoyment now because ultimately it's it's not a, walking in nature is not a chore it gets you out the house for a reason uh and I enjoy that aspect of it I'm not able to do sport at this particular moment and I think it's an it is starting to come back slowly but surely around the world I'm a little bit hesitant a little bit but I'll see how things play out over the rest of the summer and then I'll, I'll make a decision <laughs> what's best for me uh, and then go from there, yeah. but I'm enjoying the walking a- the walking aspect of it. It's, it's it it gives uh, a different dynamic. It, obviously, you got you're out in nature, and it's different from doing home exercise. Obviously, it was very different from a few months ago, where that would be the only way that you're going to interact with another human being,
1: mm-hmm. if
0: at all. But I think it's allowed that greater sense of. Being in the moment and actually, actually, really listening to you know the birds, this, this, uh, and actually watching the seasons evolve, and actually use meditation and mindfulness to actually be conscious of your actual senses versus what, what we were all normally doing. And what people are starting to do is going back into what's comfortable. Let me test myself psychologically, emotionally to be able to test the boundaries of what's possible mentally in terms of, okay, let's get a greater understanding of every emotion, be that anxiety, depression, anger, frustration, sadness, and let me explore what is true happiness. And and I was reading, I I did put it down, but The Big Leap as a book, and it questions you in the very, very beginning of the book. What is happiness for you? I still haven't been able to answer the question, but in terms of it doesn't have an external factor on it that actually makes you happy. What What is that internal joyous thing that makes you happy? It, it's a very difficult question to be able to answer. For some, it might be a little bit easier than others. Some, it might be very difficult in terms of, I don't know, everything that, that brings me happiness it is and joy is, is, is external.
1: It yeah. That, that's always a good one to keep in mind. And uh, well, with this being said too, because you, we were talking about being challenged, being in the moment, pushing yourself. What made you, I want to ask, cause it is wild. No one just becomes an Olympian overnight. No one just, wow. Oh, I'm going to be an, a-. I mean, granted the DNA, I'm sure there's some help there, but at the same time, what all of a sudden made you decide, I want to be an Olympian and I'm going to be an athlete.
0: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll use those two as two different questions. Ch- yeah. Because ultimately the athlete part, you, you rightly said every young kid wants to be an athlete, be it amateur status or professional. Uh, and I was no different. But in terms of the Olympian one, uh, mine story is slightly different probably to most. And I've actually, actually uh, sent a message to, the coach that helped start that career uh, yeah. yesterday in terms of, can you send this message to your mother? Because ultimately she is the one that actually got to me the question, would I go into Paralympic sport? But up until that point, I'd always been in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Obviously I was furious when I was asked that question, would you ever do disability sport? Uh, and a little bit taken aback by the, sense, the statement because I was a teenager. How- it's like, how come How did were I take it? Not uh, I took it personal or barely, what? Probably a little bit, yeah. and I don't think anybody. I, I don't think anybody could say they wouldn't, because it is, it is, it is a stab at you personally, like a It's a jab. It's like a in the gut. But okay. it, I think it's it. I don't think it was any harsh judgment by had you thought in terms of like the openness and in, in terms of yeah, like thought of it. that avenue probably back then we're talking the early That probably not because it wasn't seen as the word itself means parallel to the olympics <laughs> 20 years ago it was not parallel it, it was i think if people are honest with themselves and we're very in a world of very pcism it wasn't it was deemed Inferior, uh, it got less television coverage, it got less media exposure, yeah. So, how me, how was me as a 14, 15, maybe even 16 year old gonna think any differently of it? I didn't see very many people with disabilities or impairments, or however you want to call it, uh, that often. A lot, a lot, sometimes were older, so they're not going to be sporty. I associate myself with. People that are able-bodied. The only limitation that I've got is I'm missing a part of my limb. Nothing else is 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 um, holding me back. So right. I probably had an infer- inferiority complex with it, and I and I and I'm, I'm open to say that because it was probably true. I've long since evolved from that 15, 16-year-old now to. Well,
1: I was gonna say I could tell you almost 35
0: to... <laughs> years old. It shaped my it's it, it shaped my career it's given me a platform it's given me a voice to be able to give my opinions to whatever I'm speaking about because ultimately it opens doors uh, that, that 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 Paralympic uh, opening line it has been a godsend but I think if I don't have that conversation 20 years ago, who knows who knows where I'm at now I probably would still be sporty but it has given me the self-belief to take on anything and every and everyone Uh, okay I've had certain axes to grind and a chip on my shoulder like anybody else and Mm -hmm. that's probably the disability itself Mm -hmm. and and sometimes I have to not forget that because ultimately that that is a it's deemed a bad thing to bring to the to the table that competitiveness, but that's not true. That's comparative to other people, which is detrimental. To be competitive with somebody, I would I see deem that's a great. A great is a, a great attribute to have because if you want to be on a level footing with somebody, you're obviously going to strive to 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 outdo them. And that brings the best out of everybody because you've got that very much ebb and flow uh, counter lever. The only problem is obviously when the ego comes in and then you're starting to butt heads. But yeah. that, that's Haven't too much of that. Yeah. That's, that's it's trying as long as you don't go to that extreme competitive is competitiveness is a good thing, but obviously society disagrees, but you see it in a lot of things. Uh, I watched another HBO show. Uh, I think, well, here it was Sky documentary on Hitsville, USA and the creation of Motown. Okay, That had, I don't know, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, uh, Marvin Gaye, The Temptations, The Four Tops, Supremes, The Jackson Five, and the list is endless and, t- and mm-hmm. that was under one roof. But they used compet- competition to kind of make them make the best music possible obviously they had a, yeah, to, uh, uh, play with each other and see who could do better. who could who could, yeah. who could outdo each other and uh, like, i've got this song and it w- maybe go wouldn't work with this individual da, da, da. and that's some of the most recognizable music for irrespective yeah. of your generation
1: yeah truly really, uh, believe competitive competitiveness is a trait or an attribute that's needed at the same time. Um, yeah. Being careful with, in, in the sense of that, that ego. Cause uh, I know I've dealt with that in the past where, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you get upset that someone may not believe in you um, and it pushes you to do more. Right. And I think that's great. But then there's that, that fine line of, okay, past that, trying to not get so egotistical.
0: Right. Well, that's a difficult thing uh, and it's probably more difficult for the younger athlete. Yeah. And if I use myself, cause obviously there's no, I can't take it personally. Uh, cause it's, it's ha- it happened. And it's the truth. I very egotistical young athlete. I could care less about my times. So this is back in the days of swimming. Yeah. If I beat people, I was happy, but that's not, that's okay. At the very top of sport. Because the the, the the margins of victory are a fine line. You, you are generally forgotten if you finish second, anything after first in history. So irrespective of how much I win by, it doesn't matter. I've still got that gold medal. Okay, for me, that didn't happen, but that's a different story altogether. But that was an evolutionary process because I had to go away from being content with beating people to I need to improve. And the only way I improve is to beat myself, mm-hmm. and obviously, the the further you go up the ladder, it ebbs and flows between the two. Yes, I need to beat people domestically to get my selection. Yeah, and then obviously the time is irrespective because ultimately, when I went into rowing, weather's a factor. So from one championship to the next, you could have a te- you could have a tailwind the headwind gonna have a massive effect on what, how fast you you do the course and so what one championship to the next one could be slower than the other based on the weather condition so you you look at you don't look at the times very much on that basis uh volleyball that one definitely had egos in it but uh, <laughs> that it's myself included uh, okay yeah the people i confided with the most was probably who I got to know. It's like well, I trust you. I tr- I I respect you morally. Uh, I respect respect your integrity. I suppose it's still Peter could I I speak to him now, uh, ten years on. Right. Uh, and and it's one of those. It's like a bond. It's it's a relationship that you you forge with with other individuals, irrespective of sport. Most of the people I still keep in touch with, domestically, internationally. If I've got a strong I'll call it a brotherhood and mm-hmm. I've liked you as a person, irrespective if I had to compete against you or not. I got on with you. I, I wanna keep that bond going on. Uh and, and and I think I think the pandemic's help with that because of ultimately you, you do generally care about the other person. generally, because it's like, how are you doing today? I generally I'm curious. Oh, yeah. I'm not just saying it in sure. a passing comment. Bringing people uh, and I think with with me having that, and I didn't even we haven't even discussed it. Of uh, growing up on a military base, with my, both my parents being in the in, in the military, I very much have an international flavor about myself. So I've got people that I know in the U.S., in Canada, in most of Europe. So I can oh, wow. I can generally say, well, what's it like on the ground level in your country right now? Versus what my media is telling me, and you get obviously that it's not as some might say it's not as bad as it's being portrayed. Yeah, not and as cooked a, up compared to what you get a good. Think good uh, I think you get a more uh, all-rounded feel yeah. of the situation. It's like, okay, my media is maybe pushing it a little bit more negatively than it, and and and, and it's it's it, it's general general conversation versus, and you probably have seen it. Uh, maybe LinkedIn as well, you know the spammy messages type people that <laughs> they kind of ask you well, stupid questions. It's like have you, have you, have you not even read my profile? In terms of, <laughs> so you get fr- you get frustrated versus yeah. me on the other hand. That's reacquainting my, with myself uh, with somebody else. Sorry, that knew me twenty years ago. They they could probably tell if I've been un 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 authentic or kind of put, trying to pull wool over people's eyes. Or everybody else, but people are going to be guided in terms of where they need to make improvements in their life because you have made people be defensive or go on the defensive because they've become polarized to to that kind of uh, content mm. or that kind of. Uh, Connection and interaction.
1: Yeah, for sure. To conclude here with you, and this has been a solid episode. Uh, Of course, James, it's great to have you, and been uh, truly an inspiration to a lot of people, and will continue to be. For you know, a transformation coach that helps professionals. What's a tip you can give our you know our listeners, our audience to of you know overcoming your failure, making it your your strength things like that
0: well see, i'll see ali i believe that it. it's not an easy tip to to implement but be comfortable being uncomfortable
1: be comfortable being uncomfortable right solid i love that and you know it uh it's funny because it's it's a simple quote that you just mentioned but sometimes we put it out of perspective and make it harder than it is
0: aspect it's easier to be stay stay in the comfortable than it is to step outside into the uncomfortable
1: <laughs> love it that's great going both ways so james uh thank you so much for be, uh, coming on sos uh, it's been a, a true pleasure having you where where can we find you where can everybody find you go about listening more from you and learning from you
0: Uh, You can find me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, If you put the prefix forward slash James O Roberts 11, you can find me on all all those platforms. Uh, And you can find my podcast, The Mindset Athlete, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.
1: Perfect. Fantastic. Uh, You guys, you heard it. Uh, Definitely go check it out.
0: Thank you for listening
1: to another episode of SOS. You know, success over struggles. I really appreciate it. Uh, You know, if you found us through the site, through iTunes, through Spotify, however you found us, I am so thrilled you came across this. It means a lot, you know, for us to continue growing this community. What we need from you is really to go about sharing this or even leaving a review. That way we can keep trekking onward, building this sucker up. I appreciate you, I really do wish you the best, and continue pushing through your obstacles, creating your path of success. This is SOS.